I'm Jonas Knox. This is Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in the next hour, we will take a look at a major matchup in the NBA. It could be a tipping point moving forward. We've also got some player props for tonight's matchup. One of them I am fascinated to see if it's available because I will hammer the over if that's the case. We've also got a look back as to what we saw and how things are changing in the Western Conference. And Cam Newton and the Patriots. What am I missing here? How is Vegas this off? All of that for you and more. The next 60 minutes straight out of Vegas right here. Fox Sports Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas. Your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell. Straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for RJ Bell. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app and on every single one of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates, wherever you are making us a part of your Tuesday afternoon slash evening. We appreciate you doing so, and we're going to take you all the way up until 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, 60 minutes of bad betting advice from me, but stuff that you need to know as you get set for a pivotal matchup in the NBA, and that's where I want to start because we are going to bookend this show. All right, there. When there is a certain game or a certain storyline in the world of sports, why hit on it and then never go back to it? All right, so we're going to bookend this show, and we're going to bookend this show as to what I think could be a massive turning point for the NBA, and not even just the NBA as a league because that is one angle of this, but it's also a massive turning point in the sense that we've got ourselves a couple of players who are going to be looked at very, very differently depending on how this goes. The very latest between the Bucks and the Nets coming up, uh, this game will be tipping off 8.30 Eastern time on TNT. And don't worry about it for the degenerates out there. We've got player props to get into. Uh, we've got <laughs> McKenzie and Spencer in Vegas. They are there live on the strip. They've got the all the latest. This line has swung uh, like a pendulum back and forth. So we're going to have all of that stuff. But the very latest from a player player standpoint is that James Harden and look they can use whatever sort of funny language they want and mixed messaging they want and try and convey listen James Harden's going to try and give it a go he's got the hamstring injury uh, he dealt with it during the regular season he missed a bunch of time uh, then he had it he suffered the injury in the playoffs so he's been sort of kind of sitting back and it's crazy to think where we've come because after two games of this nets buck series the conversation wasn't when is James Harden going to come back the conversation was hey maybe you just sit him until the finals like if you don't need James Harden through two games to beat the Milwaukee Bucks who are falling all over themselves maybe you just rest him till the finals because I think we can all agree you listening to this at home you listening to this in the car wherever you are you watch the Hawks and the Sixers and you go eh 
okay. I mean, it's nice, but that team, whoever comes out of that series, is going to be the team that finishes second in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the feeling I get, and I'm sure majority of people out there, and I'm not trying to insult Hawk fans or Sixers fans, because the last thing I want is to get something thrown at me. I'm just trying to say, point being, it's clear that there is a top tier in the Eastern Conference And then there's those teams. And the top tier in the Eastern Conference is the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think whoever comes out of this series is going to be the Eastern Conference representative in the finals against whatever happens in that bizarre Clippers-Jazz series. And the Phoenix Suns are going to be off for like six months before they tip off and play another game again. (laughs) But if you're watching Milwaukee and Brooklyn, just understand how this whole thing's going to go. If James Harden gets out there... And it looks like Anthony Davis version 2.0. And he's not anywhere close to being ready. And God forbid he suffers further injury to the hamstring. That means he's going to be out. Not just possibly the remainder of this series, but any series beyond this point, depending on how significant the injury was. I think Brooklyn knows they're in trouble. I think they know they're in trouble. And I think that's the only reason James Harden is going to try and give it a go. And if that's the case... How we view this experiment, one of the last remaining big threes to be put together. You've got Kawhi and you've got Paul George and all that stuff, but it wasn't a big three. This was the last of its kind. We have been hearing for years and years and years, and we have been force-fed this idea all the way back 12, 15 years prior, that the way to win an NBA title is you need a big three. You need a legitimate big three. You need 60% of your starting five to be superstar quality players. And if you don't have that, you don't have a chance. So here we are. One of the last remaining big threes. It's the Brooklyn Nets. You go out, you get Kevin Durant, uh, who was injured. You still signed him. You get Kyrie Irving. You know he's a little flaky, but he was injured. You still sign him. And then you make a big-time move for James Harden, who admittedly came in out of shape to Houston and basically forced his way out of town. And so the Brooklyn Nets decided we're going to do what's always worked in the NBA the past 12, 15 years. We're going to create our own big three. And then the playoffs started. James Harden goes down again and Kyrie Irving suffers a nasty looking ankle injury that's gone from, yeah, so he's going to be out for this next game to he's probably not going to be back the rest of the series. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to project my doctor skills on the radio. I'll just say this. I would be shocked if Kyrie Irving makes another appearance in this series. I'd be shocked. That didn't seem like the type of ankle injury that you just pop back up from and go, all right, let's give this thing a go. I would be stunned if he's back in this series. So if this goes the way I think Brooklyn is fearful of it going, bye-bye to your big threes. And I don't know if that's good or bad for the NBA. I'm not one of these people who was outraged by Kevin Durant joining the Warriors or any of these superstars getting together to each his own. Everybody should have their choice. Go play with who you want to play with. The shelf lives on these careers are short. Go do what makes you happy. I'm fine with it. But I wonder if this is the tipping point, if this is the last of its kind when it comes to big threes and putting this type of team together. Because look at all the remaining teams in the NBA playoffs. If it's not Brooklyn, and as of right now, I'm not confident Brooklyn's going to win an NBA championship. I'm not not confident Brooklyn's going to win another game in the postseason based on what we've seen. But outside of Brooklyn, what do we got? Phoenix 
I mean, yeah, they go out and they make a couple of free agent additions and they and they uh, bring in Chris Paul. But look, that was a drafted franchise. They drafted a lot of those guys. All right. The L.A. Clippers, yes, they went out and they got Paul George and they got Kawhi Leonard. But still, you had pieces that were there in place. Like you maneuvered things around. You, you promoted from within to try and make that roster work. Look at the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz don't have a choice. They have to draft well. They don't have South Beach to fall back on. They don't have Madison Square Garden to fall back on. They don't have palm trees and the Laker allure to fall back on. I remember being on the air when Gordon Hayward left the Utah Jazz. I remember it was, it was uh, around 4th of July, uh, and it was a, a show I was filling in on. Imagine that. Around 4th of July, and I was working on a holiday filling in here on Fox Sports Radio. Gordon Hayward leaves. I remember Utah Jazz fans tweeting in that they were driving across state lines because they wanted to go get drunk, and they couldn't serve booze in Utah because for whatever, it it wasn't allowed that day uh, on 4th of July or whatever day it was. Like, you have no choice. So the Utah Jazz, they are a drafted franchise. Milwaukee, say whatever you want about Drew Holiday uh, and and going out and getting P.J. Tucker. They drafted. That's how they built that roster. The Brooklyn Nets are the last of their kind. And so if this goes the way that I think it's going to go based on the fact that James Harden is going to try and give it a go in game five when he's clearly not 100%, I think we could be seeing the last of these big threes moving forward. And furthermore, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and you can't get it done now, when the hell are you going to get it done? We've been waiting for Giannis to make the next step and take the next step. This is your chance. And I don't want to hear anybody pull any crap and say anything like, well, they needed a bunch of injuries. This is part of the deal. Nobody takes away Kawhi Leonard's championship. Nobody goes back in time and looks at Kyle Lowry and say, we'd like to confiscate your ring, please. We think it's fraudulent because all the injuries the Warriors suffered. This is part of the deal. It's a war of attrition. You play a bunch of seven-game series after a long, grueling season, and who's ever left standing literally is your NBA champion. So I don't want to hear anybody dismiss the Milwaukee Bucks. Don't say Giannis needed all of this to make it work. I don't want to hear any of that crap. This is the way this game works. The Brooklyn Nets are banged up and injured. James Harden's going to try and give it a go. And I think the fact that he's going to give it a go tells you everything you need to know about where they feel in this series. Jonas Knox, straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. Now, we did mention the Vegas aspect to all of this. And we do have a Vegas aspect to all of this. So we go to Mackenzie Rivers uh, here on Straight Out of Vegas, who is going to fill us in on what has been a wild movement on the betting market when it comes to this game five coming up between Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And it gets even wilder. In the last 15 minutes, we've seen another line move. So this opened up Bucks minus two and a half on the road with big question marks. Is James Harden going to play? Is Kyrie Irving going to play? Well, the Nets said they're not going to play. They, they said after practice yesterday, neither of them are going to play. We're not going to risk it. The line shot up to Bucks minus five at that point. Well, now that Harden's going to play, it moved down to two and a half. And just 10 minutes ago, the Bucks are only favored by two at this point. Pretty much a coin flip. Okay, because James Harden on one leg, the line's going to move that much. Like, it's already I, I moved three points. It's amazing. I, I don't get it. Like, what, what do people expect from? Unless Harden's just been been milking this injury because he wanted a couple of days off for the stretch run. I don't get what people watch these games. 
without those two guys, they don't have a shot. Now, I want nothing more than to see Kevin Durant go off. And the Kevin Durant props are going to be a, fa- a fascinating conversation later on in the show. But Mackenzie, I don't, I don't, doesn't that feel like it's a bit drastic? Like, come on, man. At, at some point, the people who have been, who have been smoking the Brooklyn Nets, uh, 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 you know, a, a <laughs> peace pipe all year long, at some point, they've got to acknowledge maybe we were wrong about this. The injuries are factoring in now, and this team is really flawed without two of their big three. A hundred percent. If you look at the offensive rating with Kyrie on and off the court these playoffs, best team in the league on offense when he's out there, worst team in the league on offense when he's not out there. It's been that drastic. Can Harden replace it on one leg, like you say? I don't really think so, but I also think the Bucks minus five was way too much for a team as unproven as the Milwaukee Bucks to be favored on the road. I know Brooklyn is the worst team on paper, but I still think they have a great shot to win it. The line looks about right to me. If anything, I'm leaning towards Brooklyn. All right, so so here's the um, now we do have some new title favorites here uh, because the, speaking of lines that have been moving around. So, what percentage? And, and and I'll ask you that just ballpark figure. What percentage of the season would you say the Brooklyn Nets were the favorites to win the NBA championship? Ninety percent. Yeah, like Since it, it early was, January. It was, and if it wasn't Brooklyn, who it was the Lakers, right? So yes. you had, you had, you had Brooklyn and L.A. were the two teams everybody was talking about. Those are going to be your, your that's going to be your NBA Finals matchup. Obviously, injuries have factored into this, um, and uh, and Anthony Davis is um, whatever his offseason routine is. Uh, it apparently doesn't involve uh, strengthening uh, soft tissue <laughs> and anything else like that. But point being, we now have a little bit of a shift in that title odd picture. So a team that was ninety percent of the year the favorites to win the NBA championship. Where do we stand now on Brooklyn and their odds to win the title? For the first time in months and months, the Brooklyn Nets are not your title favorites. They are number two by a whisker. The Milwaukee Bucks have supplanted them at plus 340. They're the favorite to win the title. Falls back to Brooklyn plus 350 after that. Falls to Phoenix plus 400 after that. How about that? Somewhere Jack Sigma is smiling. So there's somebody, <laughs> a, a diehard Milwaukee Bucks fan in a Jack Sigma jersey who is staring at that and, and, and looking at his phone right now and staring at the radio in his car on his drive back. And he's going, you damn right, man. I remember the good old days. The Milwaukee Bucks are back and they are the title favorites right now. Uh, that, according to McKenzie here on Straight Out of Vegas. Jonas Knox here. It is SOV on FSR. Uh, you can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up next, though, um, you talk about historic struggles. All right, we actually have the numbers and the data to prove it. This guy is a stud. This guy is an all-star. And man, did he struggle historically. We'll have all of that for you. It is Straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with innovation. I disagree with protocol. Straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for RJ Bell here on FSR. We are going to take you all the way up until 7 p.m. Eastern time here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, And we will be getting into this uh, discussion about historic struggles for a superstar player. Uh, We've got the numbers to prove it. That'll be coming up here uh, momentarily here on FSR. Uh, But it is a tradition here on Fox Sports Radio. We must give you the weather from the Strip in Las Vegas. Uh, And this is a man 
man uh, who is dangling off the torch of the Statue of Liberty uh, that is uh, that is on the strip at New York, New York Casino. He is hanging from the statue uh, and he is here to provide us with the very latest from Vegas. It is our fill in interim meteorologist Mackenzie Rivers with the latest Mackenzie. We give you the fun and excitement of Las Vegas every single day. Right now, I'm gazing across the Luxor. There's actually a conga line around the Luxor, which is impressive because it's 112 degrees right now oh on this strip, and the neon is bubbling. Hold on a second. It's 112 degrees in Vegas right now. Excessive Good heat warning. God, man. Mm-hmm. Good God. Uh, the fir- okay, the fir- first of all, it's uh, out here in uh, Southern California. Uh, it is also, I think, the hottest day of the year, which means, and because there's a lot of people removing their masks because, uh, uh, you know, June 15th was the quote unquote end of the lockdown or whatever you want to call Who knows? I mean, they, they can move the goalposts on that as well, too. Like, <laughs> I, I was, I, we were saying earlier when I was on with Brady Quinn, I was like, oh, man, like something is back today in Southern California. He's like, what is that? I'm like, bad breath and bo it is back because once you take the masks masks off there's nowhere to hide man like all the people that have been cutting corners on uh, on on putting the deodorant on and bathing brushing their teeth or using a mouthwash and and gum sales have probably uh, hit an all-time low that is all going to be back on the rise because now there's nowhere to hide the masks are off and now you know we will get to smell each other once again uh, and see what we've been missing out on but i remember the first time I experienced real Vegas heat. What is the so, so the for people that have never been to Vegas, you, you can probably break this down better than than I can, Mackenzie. Um, so from the MGM, like what are the casinos that that you can cross the walkway and they go to each other? It's MGM to where Luxor and Excalibur is that is that the rotation? MGM, you can link up to Planet Hollywood. Uh, and keep going down to the uh, Bellagio and the um, the Venetian. They're all on that one side. You can walk without going outside. Okay, so I, I remember there's the big video board at MGM. So when, when you leave one and you you hit up the walkway and it crosses over, I don't know if it's Flamingo Boulevard or whatever that main street is there in Vegas, but I just remember it was the summertime and crossing, and as we approached the big video board, the heat off the video board mixed with the desert heat, I immediately broke into sweats. And I just thought to myself, how does anybody do this? Like, how, how does anybody function question. like this? But everywhere's got AC. Uh, it, it's 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 chilly inside the casinos, which is perfect for the people that are making money because they can just keep uh, uh, jacking up the prices. Uh, and and the more you uh, the more you intake the fluids, the more you spend elsewhere. And it's just a, a one. Uh, it's just a conveyor belt of cash there uh, in Las Vegas. Coming up uh, less than ten minutes from now, we will have a discussion about somebody in the NFL who maybe isn't getting the respect they deserve from Las Vegas as we head into the season. That'll be less than 10 minutes from now here on FSR. Um, So Joel Embiid stunk last night. Uh, let's just call it what it was. Uh, he was not very good. Um, and and there's this discussion that is being had by some people that are saying, well, you know, it's obvious that the knee is really giving him problems. And one of the things that I thought Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley spoke about, and of course, they're not going to, there's going to be some people who say, oh, well, the, uh, they're just talking like that. Uh, you know, those are, those are the back in my day crowd. One of the things that they pointed out is you can't have the knee injury and score 40 and not bring it up. But then when he plays like he did last night and the Hawks even the series of two games apiece, now you want to bring up the knee injury. Like you can't have both. 
All right, like if, if the knee is really that injured, how come we're not talking about it after 40, but we want to make sure that that's our go-to when, when it comes up to, to Joel Embiid and his struggles in that game? I think Philly's going to win the series, all right? I, 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 I've been consistent on this. I think Philly's going to win the series, but I don't think either team that comes out of this series is going to be a threat to Milwaukee or Brooklyn, especially Milwaukee, considering they're going to come out with much better health status, uh, you would assume, than the Brooklyn Nets. So to me, this feels like it's the race for second place when it comes to the Sixers and the Hawks, and I would expect Joel Embiid's going to have a bounce-back game in Game 5. He's heard a lot of the criticism um you know there's been uh, maybe some speculation who knows maybe uh you know uh, magic city might have uh you know uh, maybe uh, had factored in a little bit here maybe he went out <laughs> on the town and kind of got after it a little bit i'm not making an accusation just simply pointing out possible reasons for why he struggled but mckenzie the numbers would prove that this was pretty significant if not historical the way Joel Embiid struggled in game four Absolutely. And you can't say in the first half, my knee was fine. I went four for eight. In the second half, I went over 12. My knee was bugging me. And let's just put that over 12 number for one half in perspective. In the last 25 years, the single worst shooting performance of any player in any half. However, the record he broke, 0 for 11, was Michael Jordan. So pretty bad historically to be the worst in 25 years, but he's in some other company, other great company that had a pretty bad night uh, day at the office. Yeah, I, I uh, listen. What's where's the series price at right now? Like, like what are the, what are they yeah. telling us in Vegas about what this, the way this series is going to go? Sixers have about a seventy five percent to advance. They are minus three hundred. Okay. So Atlanta's got no chance. Like, like we're we're good here. I mean, it's a great <laughs> it's, it's a great story. But I mean, we're like we're 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 good here. I mean, Atlanta, great run, uh, successful NBA playoff debut for Trey Young. Uh, he's uh, all of a sudden uh, the villain in certain parts of uh, of of the NBA, especially Madison Square Garden. Uh, so I feel like him and his representatives have got to look at this as a a golden opportunity for his marketability to shoot up uh, the charts and 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 they they take a, a you know a big step. But this still feels like Philadelphia is the better team, even with Joel Embiid struggling last night Philadelphia probably should have won the game like they, they probably should have won that game they didn't I would expect is there and this is another one is there a and I don't even know if these exist but is there a an over under or a total on the number of games this series will go like if you were yes. to set it at, at six and a half where's where that at it's actually I'm looking at it right now over six and a half plus a hundred so Bet 100, you win 100. Under 6.5, slightly favored. You got to bet 130 to win 100. Yeah, I'll take the under. Philly's winning the next two games. I mean, come on. I'll take the under. I think Joel Embiid's going to come out fired up. Uh, you know, he's probably not going to be uh, not going to be hungover. Did I say that? I didn't mean hungover. I mean, he's probably not going to be <laughs> dealing with that uh, that injury anymore. Uh, mm. I think he's going to I think he's going to be coming up uh, on a big performance in Game Five, and then I think they go back to Atlanta and they get it done in Game Six. I would take the under on that series uh, when it comes to Philly and Atlanta. All right, Jonas Knox. This is straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. In for R.J. Bell. You can check out the show as always on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, coming up next, there. There's a team in the NFL maybe not getting as much love as they should be from Las Vegas. We'll tell you who, who that team is next. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Jonas Knox, this is uh, Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. In for RJ Bell, 15 minutes from now here on FSR, we have got a player prop 
pinata that we are going to bust out on the air when it comes to this massive game five coming up between Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Uh, And one of these things I feel like is a slam dunk, no brainer, absolute money pick. That'll be yours coming up here 15 minutes from now on Fox Sports Radio. So um, there's been a lot of discussion about the New England Patriots and what this year is going to look like for the New England Patriots. And the feeling is that Tom Brady won the breakup, that they look at Tom Brady like, oh, it's the couple that parted ways and one person went on to bigger and better things and the other person turned into a full-blown alcoholic uh, and ended up homeless on the streets uh, because they just couldn't get by without, uh, without the other one. And so that is, that is how this has been portrayed. All right, let's be fair to the situation. The New England Patriots were put in a really, really tough, tough spot last year, both salary cap wise and because of the opt outs of COVID. I think they had eight or nine players opt out. Um, the salary cap is where it was. And Cam Newton was brought in so late in the game that there wasn't really an opportunity to him to, for him to get used to this system and get used to the setup. And with all of that. And him dealing with a bout of COVID and schedule changes and all the other things that went along with it. New England was a seven and nine football team. Like people make it seem like they were the Houston Texans or they were, they were the Jets. They were seven and nine. And I think in four of those games, Cam threw for under a hundred yards because he was banged up. Like there, there was no, this was a really flawed, limited roster that still ended up winning seven games. And you can argue a couple of those games have they, if they go the other way, if the New England Patriots, if Cam doesn't fumble in that game against Buffalo, if they don't get stopped at the one yard line in that game against Seattle we could have been looking at a nine and seven football team that was legitimately battling for a playoff spot down the stretch they would have come up short but I think the conversation would be much different I don't see how New England's not improved this year and if you're improving on seven and nine what are we talking about double digit wins 10, 11 wins for a New England team, that's probably going to get you in the playoffs. And that's probably going to keep you in contention with Buffalo in that division. Because I'm skeptical on Miami. Um, uh, the, the Tua, the, the conversation around Tua and some of the quotes he keeps popping up with, it's like, dude, at some point, somebody shut his mic off. Like, he just continues to say, oh, I didn't know the offense. I just rolled with the play. I didn't. It's like, Duke, what are you doing, man? So I look at I look at the AFC East. I think New England's the second best team in comparison to Buffalo. And who knows if 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 the Bills don't get some of the breaks they got last year, if Josh Allen regresses, I think this is a legitimate threat. They've added a bunch of weapons on offense. Uh, they've gotten better. You feel like Cam's going to be healthier now. You know, the hand injury he suffered at minicamp. There are some people uh, on social media that were saying that, uh, oh, that's a cover-up because he got into a fight at Mastro's. Again, I'm not here to get into all that stuff. I love conspiracy theories. But until I have further evidence of that, I'm not really w- ready to decide whether or not I buy into the Cam Newton fighting at Mastro's conversation as opposed to maybe he just banged his hand on a helmet at training camp. All that being said... I feel like the New England Patriots are going to get better. I feel like Cam Newton's going to be better. So, McKenzie, when Vegas takes a look at the New England Patriots moving forward, how do they feel about Cam 2.0 at Foxborough this upcoming season? It's fascinating because throughout the offseason since February, Vegas has upgraded the Patriots slowly but surely. You talk about the AFC East. Right when the odds came out, the Patriots had double the payoff as the Miami Dolphins, 5-1, to one, 
versus plus 250. Now they're about the same. They're both about plus 350. What I find fascinating, though, is if we compare Vegas expectations for this upcoming season to last season, they're almost exactly the same. So the win total for the Patriots was 8.8, you know, nine, but slightly shaded to the under last year. If you adjust that to 16 to 17 games, you're about nine and a half. This year, nine and a half shaded slightly to the under. It's almost exactly the same. Now, maybe the Patriots disappointed so much last year that the market has soured on them completely. But I think heading into this season, there should be much, much higher expectations for the Patriots in comparison to last year. I, I totally agree. I, I, I don't get it. I really, and look, maybe this, some of this is, you know, they, they look at it and they go, oh, well, they seem desperate. It's like, well, no, I mean, they had, they had money to spend, so they spent it. I remember a lot of people thinking that they looked desperate because uh, a few years ago when the Patriots never gave out big contracts, they were never in the free agent market. They never gave out big contracts. They gave Stephon Gilmore a massive contract. And and the thought was, God, that's not like the Patriots. The guy was defensive player of the year. Like he's like, if anything, he's gotten better since he's been in New England. Now he's dealing with his holdout and there's some conversations around that. But point being, I don't look at New England spending the money because they were desperate or, or Belichick needs to right the wrongs or change the narrative. I look at it as them saying, we are flawed. Um, I would rather trust bringing in guys I've seen perform at a high level in the NFL, uh, whether it's Jonu Smith or, or Hunter Henry or whoever. I'd rather trust those guys moving forward as opposed to trying to draft a guy, which we've struggled at at times, trying to find skill position players uh, in the NFL draft. To me, McKenzie, like I don't see how they're not better. Barring barring massive injuries, they're getting back a bunch of key starters from a year ago, and Cam's going to have another year in this offense with an opportunity to continue to grow with better pieces around him. You mentioned it last year, eight holdouts. That was by far the most in the NFL. I think that was double the next team that had four holdouts, so they're all back. And if you think there's one thing that the, that the Patriots, from a roster perspective, do better than anyone, it's maximizing the mid-tier guys. Guys yes. making five yes. to 15 million. So that's Hunter Henry they just signed. Matthew Judon. They got Kyle Van Noy back. I feel like they, my confidence based on Belichick's confidence in these mid-tier guys, is way high because I think he can identify exactly what he needs spending about $12 million per player. And, and look, I would love nothing more. It's like it's like the kid who outgrows uh, being afraid of the dark. Uh, he thinks he's, he thinks he's you know past <laughs> all that, or like he was a bedwetter when he was a child, and he thinks he's past all that. And he's like, you know what? At least I don't have to worry about that anymore. And then all of a sudden, he's 32, uh, and he's sleeping in his girlfriend's bed, dead sober, and he wakes up, and there's a puddle underneath him. And he goes, <laughs> well, where did that come from? Like, I would love nothing more than to see that happen, to where everybody thought they were done with the Patriots. We don't have to hear mm. about Belichick anymore. Tom Brady's gone. Now you can just go away, and then all of a sudden the damn boogeyman pops back up and wins 12 games this year. That's that's all I want. I want to be here. I want to live in that NFL world where the Belichick and Patriots are back and and, and causing people problems throughout. I don't think that's too much. What what is the win total this year on the Patriots? Do we have a number on that? Offhand? Yeah, so it's so it's nine and a half, and it's shaded to the under. You got to bet about you know. 140 to win 100 if you're betting the under nine and a half wins. If you're betting over nine and a half, you bet 100, you get 120 back. 
Interesting. Interesting. Uh, all right. It is straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for RJ Bell. Up next, it is a prop bet pinata. We will take a closer look at all the key ingredients to tonight's huge matchup in the Eastern Conference. And it's yours next here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox in for RJ Bell here on FSR. Um, coming up top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now here on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. It is the odd couple, Rob Parker and Chris Broussard, who will be taking over the airwaves. Uh, always a fun listen. Uh, Rob Parker and I, a uh, little bit of vindication. I think we feel better about ourselves. We've been trying to tell people uh, that the Clippers would be the team in L.A. to go further this season. Uh, and it doesn't matter how you get here. Uh, and uh, look, the Clippers could end up losing the next two games in that series. And I'll, I'll just say that uh, you were drunk when you were listening to the show and I never said those things but um, the uh, the Clippers uh, win last night and and I do think it's uh, it's important to point out um, if you make a living betting on the LA Clippers uh, I don't know how you haven't turned to hard booze at some point over the last couple of years nobody can figure this team out uh, we can sit here and we can celebrate the Clippers and we can say oh my god they've they've uh, won the last two games and they were dominant in those performances and they should have won at least one of the first two in Utah man nothing surprises me with this team they could come out and lose by 75 in game five and it would not <laughs> surprise me whatsoever with the clippers they are up and down they're the ultimate roller coaster just like they were a year ago uh and it's a really really bizarre team to try and handicap and figure out but that being said uh the series is tied at two games apiece so mckenzie i ask you uh you being the voice of vegas here on fox sports radio today uh, i ask you where does the series price stand Stand on this one now that they head back for a game five in Salt Lake. It's pretty much a pick 'em. Slight, slight favorite Utah Jazz, minus 125, 53% chance. The Clippers have about the same price they did before the season started, plus 105, 47% chance. Right. What are the splits on the Jazz? from Home and away, because we know how good they are at home. Uh, look, they, they were the best team in the NBA this past regular season. Um, we know how dominant they were at home, but what are their splits, home versus away, uh, when it comes to uh, against the spread in the eyes of Vegas? The market did not expect the Jazz to be this dominant at home. They were 64% against the spread at home this year. The market called the road games pretty much exactly right. 50-50 on the road if you're betting the Jazz every game. But if you're betting them at home so far this year, 64% against the number. Incredible. So that's a significant uh, difference between the two. And obviously, we'll have more on that matchup here on Straight Out of Vegas coming up uh, tomorrow uh, here on SOV. All right. So let's get into this uh, because I think this is an important uh, thing to pay attention to. We've got the Bucks and we've got the Nets coming up later on tonight. Uh, this is a huge matchup. We talked about it to open the show. I think, depending on how this series goes, uh, a lot of things could change. We could now all of a sudden see the end of the quote unquote big three formations in the NBA. If this series goes the way a lot of people think it might go with Milwaukee having the health advantage and look, if Milwaukee, for whatever reason, can't get this done, then I think the conversation takes on a more drastic uh, uh 
tone when it comes to Giannis uh, and his impact and his his uh, ability to win big games and how we look at him as an all-time great player because this is really a golden opportunity for them to try and win an NBA championship with all the health uh, being in their favor. But it does bring up the point uh, in which we have got a pinata here on Fox Sports Radio. There is actually a live pinata uh, here in the studio. Uh, We have all taken wax at it during the break. Now, we didn't want to do that on the air because we weren't sure how the audio quality was going to be, but we have pulled out (laughs) player props in this pinata for tonight's game. So so give me just, like, what are a couple of uh, scoring props that I think are, are worthwhile? And then I want to ask you and Spencer a very important question here uh, to finish up the show. So so as far as important player props when it comes to scoring, what do we see, McKenzie, coming up later tonight? The Greek freak Giannis is at 32.5. He continues to be priced up near all the top scorers in the league. But Kevin Durant has actually surpassed him for the first time. His over-under is 34 points, the highest it's been this entire season. He's expected to have a monster scoring night. And after him, big drop-off. Joe Harris is the Nets' next next, next player with a prop, only 14.5 points expected. All right. So that being said, I think we all feel like, uh, you know, if James Harden does play again up in the air, he's going to try and give it a go. But if he does play, he is going to be limited. So there's going to be a lot asked of Kevin Durant. You and Spencer, I don't want to hear from some scam artists in Las Vegas that runs a book. I want you and Spencer (laughs) to tell me right now, what do you think the field goal attempt props will be for Kevin Durant? What is your guys' best guess right now? I got my number, but Spencer's been working on his spreadsheet over there. What you got, Spence? Come on, Uh, Spence. Yeah. He has six career playoff games of attempting 30 or more field goals. He uh, shoots 36% in those games. He averaged 33.83 points per game in those contests, and he averaged 31 shots exactly in those six games. So I say 30. Okay, so you say 30. McKenzie, what's your number? 28 and a half was my number. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with 75. I think he's going to have 75 (laughs) shot attempts later on tonight. Because let's be honest, if he doesn't put up 75 shots, the Brooklyn Nets have no chance. But we'll have all the feedback and follow-up, the Vegas-style edition on that game coming up tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 